Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, we're getting ready for the Honda Classic at PGA National. But before we do, uh, my friend, good to have you back after missing you last week. It's uh, good to have you back and uh, good to be continuing on the, the golf DFS train, even if the last couple of weeks without you haven't been the best for me. Yeah, yeah, well, it hasn't exactly been the best for me. Um, yeah, I was the reason that we didn't do a podcast last week. Had some family uh, issues or, well, family things to take care of, so that kind of came up out of nowhere. So that kind of occupied my Monday through Wednesday. Got got home in time Wednesday night to throw some lineups together. And, um, you know, apparently since the last time we did a podcast, uh, Lee Westwood keeps finding his way into second place. And, oh, boy, that broke my heart on Sunday because – yeah, I had him at 100 to 1. So, um, fortunately, I had JT at 20 to 1. But, uh, yeah, Lee would have been a slightly better payout. I think we missed a few things besides Lee Westwood. Most, most um, I don't know, noticeably, the Bryson DeChambeau show at the oh. API. And, yes, I do think that's probably a bigger deal than JT winning the uh, players. I mean, you may think differently. Um, I mean, I mean Bryson's going to be that ever look image on six where he basically takes the aggressive line and puts his arms up in the air. Like, you know, as I didn't get to watch much of that as I was dealing with some of those family uh, things. And, but, um, when I, you know, I was on Twitter off and on a little bit during that time and that, you know, that just kept showing up on Twitter. Like, Oh my, okay. He did something. And then I found a clip and watched it. And I just thought, you know what, this is pretty cool to see. Like having less than a hundred yards into a par five, just because he's, dares to take such an aggressive line it was just great i i know i i i loved it um i found it so endearing the fact that he's just cheering and willing to take that risk and, and having success with it. it's like all right here I'll, I'll play up and down even if i'm in the rough and short side i'll play up and down for my four and thank you very much and we'll move on i loved it and like you talk about that image with him with his arms up i mean that's straight out of like a long drive championship yeah. scene as opposed to a guy who's on his way to victory at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Right. And then and then the whole fact that it was him and Lee Westwood in the final group there and then at the players they do it again. And I think yeah. they, and they both they both kind of acknowledged and had some fun with it. And I think really appreciated, you know, kind of appreciate each other's style of games. Like Bryce knows who he is, Lee knows who he is. They both have an appreciation for the fact that they're completely different opposite styles and you know, I I, I actually found it kind of cool and in, in you know charming a little bit i am somewhat becoming a bryson fan i think i i started to a little bit before the u.s open because i have uh i have admiration for a dude who can transform his body use the science and uh you know all the angles and all the different variables that he puts into his game i, I mean i can relate to that as a more mathematical thinker than an artistic thinker you know playing golf or otherwise in life so i started to become uh, a bit of a bryson fan i mean by no means am i gonna like label myself team bryson but i i enjoyed it so i would say the last two weeks of golf been pretty uh pretty fun man you know what bryson kind of reminds me of a little bit like kind of almost like a that prof- that really smart professor at college, so smart at what he does, but just maybe isn't always aware of who he is or she is. As far as like when he's talking, people you know he's talking over people's heads sometimes, right? Or just that self awareness that he just doesn't full you know 
he's taught in his mind it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense in anybody's mind. Like when you, yeah, the quote about Augusta being a par sixty-eight. Like he's not trying to slam Augusta, but it c- comes across that way. Correct. Yeah, what he's saying those were he, those were his lofty expectations for the place, rather than you know anything else. So I, I'm with you there. Um, right. Anything else we want to take away from uh, the last couple of events in the Florida Swing before we move on to the uh, star-studded field of the Honda? <laughs> oh, it's just been, you know, it's been fun to watch, you know, even if you want to go back to the concession, just the the fact that there's been challenges. Like, we're not seeing minus 25 win these events. We've, we've seen some legitimate disaster scores and good shots being rewarded, bad shots are punished, and, you know, just the chaos. Um you know, we saw a little bit of API. We certainly saw the players. I mean, I'm looking through the leaderboard after day one at the players. Like, good grief. This is a, just a disaster for DFS. I mean, Rory, Xander, Webb all struggling. Like, just Finau, can't let. Yeah. Uh, Hatton, like, oh, my gosh. Like, Did you just did you just read off my uh, Millie Maker lineup? I think I did. <laughs> like half of them. Not half of them, more than half of them. Pretty much all of them. I did have one O of six. A crowning achievement in my life. And as you, I, I had one a couple of years ago, and I was like, you know, hey, it's, I still think, you know, I were talking about this before, I think there should be a prize. If you spend all 50000 or if you're, you know, if you put a normal lineup together, like you're not intentionally trying to play low ball, and you get an 0 for 6, I think there should be, you should at least get, like, a part of your entry fee back. Like, yeah, I think my lineup was Kisner, Poulter, Fleetwood, Cantlay, Webb, and Fino. Now that yeah, that I mean, still sounds like a good lineup to me. Yeah, zero for six making the cut. Right. I mean, maybe it's a better lineup for like the Heritage or something like that, because of Kisner. But yeah, no. I mean, that's that's a certain. I mean, that's a good lineup. It just happened to be. I mean, the players is kind of a random event. That's that's why you rarely find somebody who just has like pure domination at the players. It just it doesn't suit anyone's style. So it just kind of depends on how you play or how you are that week. So, I mean, those things happen, but I still think it's awfully impressive. I'm going to screenshot that lineup and see if I can't maybe play it again one year from now at the players. If it's close to a 50 K lineup, I'll put it in, see if it doesn't win me a million dollars a year later. Well, guess what? I can't do any worse. I mean, technically it could, there were a thousand one hundred entries that finished worse than me out of those 145,000. Yeah, that is true. But I mean, it could almost do worse. <laughs> I could have had Stenson in there somehow. Oh, oh man! <laughs> oh goodness! What do you say we? What do you say we take it to PGA, PGA National, brother? Yes, and I'm not playing Stenson as top suite this week either. So a- absolutely not. So it is the Honda Classic, par seventy, PGA National, uh, defending champ Sung JM, and a pretty uh, fun finish last year. You've got the par five eighteenth uh, that makes it exciting, Skeeter. What are we looking for here at the Honda before we get into this, as I say again, star-studded field? Uh, survival. Um, mm-hmm. By the way, I can't believe you mentioned last year's Honda without your favorite image from last year's uh, Mackenzie Hughes That's showing right. and mimicking a pair of bowling balls in between his knees as he told Sung J.M. how big a set he had for, was it 18 or 17? It was 17, was it not? Yeah, I think I think it was 17 because he had like that long, isn't this, isn't this the Sunday pin at, on seventeen, like back right, where you have to cross water, so most people bail out left. And yes, which have, is like, essentially 60, the same thing for. Cut. That's essentially the way eighteen plays out too, with the pin all the way right and water right. Yeah. Yeah, and so he he you know I think he played the safe shot and then made the putt. Which by the way, if I remember right, Mackenzie Hughes was making putts from all over the place a year ago. 
He finished second. Uh, I can't remember exactly his round because I was much more invested in Steele and Fleetwood in the group behind them who I think finished T4 or three and four. Let's see. Um, I'm sure I was on Tommy last year. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy was third. Steele, Westwood. I think I had Westwood one and done last year, I think, because I think I remember a good result. Berger, Benny on all, yeah, three under. Like, six under one Honda last year. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to think about in this day of age. And a little talk to that, as they were, t- I've heard the chatter on Golf Channel throughout the week as we record this a little later in the week on a Tuesday than normal. Um, so, you know, the Monday and Tuesday, you know, watching of TV from my end, I saw there's two par fives that were made par fours, which is why it's a par 70. And so, I mean, in real, if you and I go play this course, it's a par 72, I believe, but it's a par right. 70 for these guys on tour. So yeah, it's a minus six. I've heard some people complaining that really they call it a par 70 so they can get these quote unquote lower scores, you know I mean? Um, but at any rate, it is challenging. I mean, distance-wise, the only one I see is number 10 is a 505-yard par 4. It's the second toughest on the course. Maybe that's the one they were talking about. So maybe it's maybe it's a par 71 if you and I play it. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, probably, at least by distance-wise it looks like. But uh, Of course, by Bryson's math, it's a par 103 if we play it right. Probably? 103? I don't know. If that's like if his expectations were to shoot 68 at Augusta, my expectations oh. would be to shoot around 100 at, at PGA National. Um, I would be thrilled to shoot 100 at PGA National. There's too much water, and I would probably find it all, so... Yeah, depends on the tees. Um, well, that which, too, by yeah. the way, Skeeter, I did play around a golf the other day, and I finished I, with the same ball I started with. Made birdie on the first, dog. I mean, being one under on the year is impressive. I almost gave up the game for ten months. You know, that's would have been. I I would have faulted you. They wouldn't give me a rain check for the other seventeen holes. That was good for <laughs> nine months in the clubhouse. So I just went. I just went out and teed off on two. And then, unfortunately, probably went downhill from there. I made triple, but I managed to shoot a 92 on the day. So that's not hey, that's not bad. I was happy for first time out. So at any rate, yes, for for me, Honda PJ National, yeah, like I said, par 100 or whatever. But at any rate, we get back into uh, the 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 tournament here. What is uh, what is this we're looking for? You said survival. Um, is there bogey avoidance a bigger yes. deal to you this week? Um, g- give us the laydown here. So. When I look at like the historic cut line, you know, last year was four over, three over, a year before six over. I've seen seven over as a cut, five over, four over. Like you might see some one, you know, one over if the winds are calm. I've not looked, but I thought I heard somewhere that winds could be a major issue this week because this this course is definitely affected by it. I do believe bad weather is expected. So I'm going to try to look um, here on a Tuesday if I can find it. All right, Palm Beach Gardens. I'm looking at Windfinder. Great. I'm just going to choose whatever random thing. It's... Let's see. Wind. I realize this is a real thrilling podcast right now. I'm looking at the wind. <laughs> I'm um, like, I'm not even sure. This is the part where you usually talk about uh, various things. I'm like, I can't even fill any gaps here. Right. No, okay, so Thursday... You know, two, so we're 48 hours out. 17 mile per hour, pretty sustained winds throughout the day. Gusts up to 25. Friday, 10 to 15 mile per hour winds. Gusts kind of in the 15, 20 range. So 
right now there does not look like there's a T advantage. Um, I mean, maybe, yeah, no, I would say there's no T advantage. Like, it's pretty consistent, but there's going to be wins. So, add that to this course. I'm not shocked if this, this cut ends up being, like, five or six over par. Just do the Thursday wins and Fridays are enough. Saturday looks like to be the calmest day, so maybe showdown-wise or weekends, you know, maybe those guys who just make the cut may, might have the best on Saturday and Sunday, kind of more like Friday. So Thursday looks like it's the toughest of the days. Um, I, You know, boy, I don't know. If you really want to get cute, I don't know if they're going to fit all the golfers in Thursday. So maybe choose some of those late, the, the absolute latest starts and hope that hopefully they have to finish early Friday, which will be a little bit calmer. But again, we're 48 hours out. This can certainly change. So you might want to kind of keep an eye on that. And if there's a tee time wave to take advantage of, but as far as the stats go, yeah, absolutely bogey avoidance. I'm not really looking at birdies. Um, I'll take a look at opportunities games just because, you know, how close can you get to a hole, but Mainly your approach. Um, proximity, I'm looking 150 to 175. I think three of the four par fours fall in that range. 175 to 200 as well. And then six of the par fours are between 400 and 450. So I'm looking at that. And then just all par fours in general. Because, well, if there's going to be, what, 12, 12 of the 18 holes are going to be par fours, probably should look at shots game par four. So, the, you know, tee to green approach, basically all that. But, yeah, I'm not really looking at scoring stats. I'm looking more at the bogey avoidance and, you know, how well do you strike the ball? And hopefully you can make a putter too along the way. Shall we get into this, as I say, a third time star-studded field? Yeah, and please note the, the sarcasm on the star-studded field, as you will find out as James introduces you to the 10K range. I think especially once we get to 8K. That these guys have all got a uh, a stake for the 10K tier. Or maybe, maybe, maybe not. At least they have at one point in their life. We'll start with 10K+, plus, and it starts with the defending champ, Sung J.M., at the top. 11K, Daniel Berger, 10-8, Lee Westwood, 10-6, Joaquin Neiman, 10-4, Adam Scott, 10-1. Skeeter, you got a favorite out of these five. I mean, favorite in real life is Lee Westwood after his past two weeks, but as far as value-wise, Daniel Berger at 10-8. Um, he's already won this season, has a really good track record here. He does have a second and a fourth, um, so that I think just has me interested. Eighth tee to green. Uh, 10th in putting, 16th bogey avoidance, 11th in approach. Those are major things. Hits the proximity from 150 to 175 well. Really good par 4 strokes gain player. At 10-8, he just kind of hits all the boxes I'm looking for, long-term and short-term. I think he's probably the safest play. I have not looked at ownership yet. I'm assuming he'll probably be popular, though. Well, I'll add the uh, nod of approval. Daniel Berger, my favorite in this tier, too. I think, uh, you know, Sung Jay. Just hasn't been playing as great as Daniel Berger. And I know he's the defending champ, but it's not like he has a great history here. The year before, he's 50th. He's played here twice. So, yeah, he took well advantage of his opportunity last year. But give me Daniel Berger and the $200 discount. I'm, I'm with you right there. My favorite, Daniel Berger. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, second one, I'm just going to make Lee Westwood. I mean, <laughs> I know, shocker. The guy who likes Lee Westwood. Who and he's coming off two second place finishes, was fourth here a year ago. Um, he's just playing so well, and he he kind of admitted in interviews that he's just at peace. He's he really likes where his game's at. I mean, he's put he's given himself chances of contention the past two weeks. Uh, gained six strokes, six strokes on approach API, gained four at the players. He was just so putting heavy at the players that it finally kind of caught up to him a little bit. 
on Sunday, or well, front nine Saturday and even Sunday. I mean, he kept making some of these six to eight footers for par, and then eventually he missed a couple, including one on 17, which was just a cruel lip out that ultimately cost him. But look, the guy's playing really well. This is a tougher course. This feels like a tournament, you know, again, some of the Euros might play well at. So it's, you know, maybe a little tough to swallow 10-6 for Lee Westwood, but the way he's playing right now, I'm not going to deny it. If I get up in this tier, I probably won't do it a lot out of my 10 lineups. But I'm Burger 1. I'm Lee Westwood 2. I don't know. You kind of hit it for me at the very end. It's kind of tough to stomach that price tag. But the course history is there. The recent form is immaculate. I really, you know, you asked uh, earlier, I'm not sure if we were recording it or not, could he do it again? I said, yeah, I think he can. So I'm with you. Westwood's my number two as well. Um, So we're, we're aligned here. At least to start, who is your fade out of these five? We'll it's see if Adam, we stick together. It's Adam Scott. He just has not – he hasn't – I don't know. We haven't seen the Adam Scotts of just, you know, maybe he's playing too much. That might be his factor. But, <laughs> you know, it's the opposite of Sung J.M. Uh, playing, you know, who plays every week. It's Adam Scott. So, like, maybe he's playing in one third, fourth week in a row. That's unlike him. But good history here. Has won three other top 15 finishes, but – he just doesn't feel like he's really in form right now. And I realize among this group of names, he's probably got the most back class out of anybody, but I'm just not paying 10-1 for him. So I'm, I'll am i pass on Scott. So Scott was my fourth of five. And the only reason Sung J.M. is my fade is the price. Um, because uh, there's just no way I could pay for him when Burger's cheaper. Even if I had That's the 200, cool. I think I'd just leave it in the bank. But I'm with you. Scotty's right there too. Sung J.M., nothing against him. Absolutely, uh, you know, great grinder on tour. But he hasn't – when's the last time he – it was the Century Tournament of Champions was the last time he was inside the top 10, and that's a very small field. I need a guy who's going to win at 11K, and I don't think Sungjae is repeating, not because I fade the past champ, just because I don't think he's in win form right now, even in this field. That being said, he did have a good Sunday at the players. Um, he did. He did. In fact, I think it was Saturday. Yeah, Saturday killed him. Everything else was good. But, yeah, I just – Defending champ, this just doesn't feel like a week I want to go spend 11000 on Sung J.M. Yep. I'm not even sure, you know, if I, I'll probably play Burger in a lineup, maybe two, but I don't know if I get to Lee Westwood. I don't know if I'm playing two guys up here. I don't even, I could see myself starting the nines again. Yeah, I could too. So what do you say we take it to the nines? Yep. Let's do it. Russell Henry Henley leads it off at 98. Gary Woodland is out. Uh, one of three guys who's now out with a positive coronavirus test. So keep that in mind. It goes all the way down to Taylor Gooch at 9,300. Then Shane Lowry, 92. Tringali, 91. Chris Kirk, 9K. Skeeter, for, like, for real this time, you could say Henley is in that 10K tier in a way because of the great rift between he and Taylor Gooch. But he fits in the 9K parameter, so we'll leave him here. Who's your favorite out of this tier? Well, it's going to be Henley, too. I mean, former winner here, number one in my stat model over 36 rounds. He is top five in every stat category I'm looking at, except putting 41st and proximity 175 to 237th. He's number one in par four strokes gain, uh, second approach, third tee degree, and this is over past 36 rounds. Again, I've not looked at ownership. I'm going to click on it now. I'm going to assume he's going to be most popular because again, there's that just that gap. Like, if you're not if you're not paying for Sungjae or Berger, you know maybe you go Neiman, but Henley kind of fills that gap. And when he's going to rate out so well statistically, 
I, you know, boy, it just makes a lot of sense to start a lot of lineups at 98 or potentially even go Berger and Henley and then find, find all your 7K values because I think there's some down there. So I'm with you that I like Henley. He is not my favorite, though. I'm going to go with Shane Lowry. Yeah. Uh, looking at wind, looking at the the really recent form, because he didn't make the cut at the API, but he was good at the players finishing eighth. I think I look at him as a just world-class player, right? This is a guy who can definitely succeed in tough conditions. Because keep in mind that not only did he win the Open Championship, but he was he had a really good chance to win the U.S. Open and finish second, I believe, the year or two before he won the Open Championship. So here's a guy who's contended and, and very well could have two majors. So the world-class element, the fact that he was 21st here a year, a year ago and has made a couple cuts previous, uh, all that plus his 9,200. Give me Shane Lowry. Was he was that the year or second place in twenty sixteen? Was that the DJ? Yeah, Oakmont. Yeah, okay, that's what he. Yeah, so he finished second at Oakmont to DJ. I kind of remember. I thought he finished there. No, Lowry's my second play as well as here too. If we're talking tough courses, if we're talking win courses, this sounds like Shane Lowry to me. We've seen him also win in a tough course. I think he won a WGC at Bridgestone. Which was another, you know, up or was it Firestone up by you? Uh, Firestone was is the one in Akron, right? Yeah, I think he won a WGC there, which was always like a really tough course. So, no, he fits there. He's twelfth in my model. Um, top twenty in tee to green opportunities gained and par four for four hundred four fifty bogey avoidance is he's top uh top half in that one. So no, I'm with you at ninety two hundred. Is there any more? to the fact that it's St. Patrick's Day tomorrow, Shane Lowry's Irish. Oh, the Irish narrative. Um, I will not be going there. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it is. Uh, it was the Bridgestone Invitational yeah. that he won, which took place at Firestorm. Okay. So there you go. There was both. You were correct. Yeah, I remember that's um, a really tough course, so... But uh, I, I do not think that the St. Patrick's Day narrative will get into it. But, yes, Lowry's my favorite. And I'm going to go with Taylor Gooch as number two. By the way, Henley, three, and it's the price that separates the, the group there. But Gooch, okay, so not only is he coming off of a very good finish with some momentum, T5 at the players, the 43rd at API, not bad, right, in a much better field than what we've got here. 12th at Genesis, he should be carrying some serious momentum. And his miscut at waste management before that is at minus one, I can't remember if that was the number, but if it wasn't, minus two was the number. He was right there. So, you know, he missed the cut while being under par. Gooch has been playing good. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, he is – yeah, he's finished 20th and 38th here the last two years. So, uh, And I'm telling you, this field's not as good as last year's field. Not that last year's field was great. Right. No, he, he has some really good numbers, scrambling, putting, bogey avoidance, tee to green. So it's just, you know, it's that 93 putter for Taylor Gooch. Like, oh, my gosh, right. that's yeah. way too high. But – I mean, his recent forms dictates it. We hit the good. Now let's hit the bad. Who are you fading out of this group? Well, I could even play Chris Kirk at 9,000. I mean, again, he's fourth in my model, fifth tee to green, third opportunities gained. But my fate is Cameron Tringali, who ranks third in my model and third in bogey avoidance. But I just feel like we're starting to kind of see the, you know, he'd been playing so well that we're starting to kind of finally see the downturn a little bit. I think he was, what, 36 or something at API, missed the cut last week. I'm mm -hmm. probably going to have to use him in our in, in that season-long league that you and I are part of now. But um, That's that's fine. I mean, that's that's okay. 
Oh, 31st API, but he lost three strokes on approach there. Missed the cut last week. It was putting related, but it just kind of feels like this hot stretch is just kind of starting to fade a little bit for him. So I'm not paying 9100 for him for that reason. We are very well aligned, so we're either both going to be broke or we're both going to be happy come the uh, Monday that follows because I'm with you. Tringali is my fade in this tier as well. And it's basically like you said. I mean, he's hit the he's hit the top of his bell curve and he's on the way back down, um, and I'm up. Uh, so I think I even bet Tringali either last week or maybe it was the week before I bet him. Uh, yeah, I wasn't on him last week, but I bet him the week before. It's just, I agree with you. He's kind of peaked and now we're getting off. So, uh, and by the way, since you bring up our league, uh, right quick, this will be a fun week for me because my top six picks are not in, which means my lineup I'll set will be my last six picks of the 12. So Higgs, Herman, let's go. They're, they're playing this week. See, I don't have my roster memorized. I'm, I'm pulling it up real quick so I can see. I, I made a spreadsheet, and I already looked uh, to see who was in and who was out. Let's see. I will probably have to. Let's see. Well, not, yeah, after I got sniped on Lee Westwood a couple weeks ago in the draft, I'm really mad I don't get to play him. Um, I can play Neiman, Poulter, probably Will Tringali, Norlander, Neesmith, Kirk, unless I go burned. But... Yeah, at least I have options this week. That's better than my first week of the league. I like it. Yeah, so um, my team stinks. I won the first week, and then I've come in, I think, second last the second two weeks. So awesome stuff. I finished second last week one. I think I finished fourth for API and was second last week. So All right. Well, we're both making paper here. So now let's let's take it to AK, shall we? Yep. All right, we got Ricky Fowler leading it off at 8,900. Doug Gim, 88. Brennan Steele, 87, Cam Davis, 86, Matt Wallace, 85, Keegan Bradley, 84, Martin Keimer, 83, Dylan Fratelli, 82, Ian Poulter, who you just mentioned, 81, Benny on Wyndham Clark, both 8K even. Skeeter, what are you doing in 8K? I don't know yet. It's like, this is a weird range for me. Like, there's nobody I really love. Um, I'm probably just going to go back to, well, this is going to be a tough course. I guess I'm going to go back to Ian Poulter at 8,100. Um, obviously did not really do well last week. But first at scrambling over the past 36 rounds, six at putting, 11 bogey points. My issue is his tee to green and approach is not good. So that's usually a, a factor for me in these things. But I think I just trust more of a veteran who's been through this, especially with some European ties. 27th year last year, does have a third back in 2015. He does seem to make cuts here, so I guess he's my quote-unquote favorite at 8,100, but I can see myself kind of fading this whole tier. I will take the PGA champion, Keegan Bradley. He's been playing pretty good. He's been playing pretty good. You're going to tell me he can't putt. Can Keegan Bradley keep making putts? And I'm going to tell you, I don't know, but Keegan Bradley is a, a great ball striker, who is absolutely feeling himself right now. And on top of like the bad field, as we talk about, if it gets windy and nasty, I, I trust Keegan to keep the ball in play. I know he can miss the ball and lose it out of play. His course history here is a, is an absolute roller coaster. Four missed cuts, a fourth, a twelfth, and a 49th over the last eight years. But that's Keegan Bradley's career is a roller coaster. PGA Championship to an afterthought. I mean, there was a time where I thought he was going to be a Ryder Cup stalwart, but right now he's playing good. Give me Keegan Bradley, dog, 8,400. Past 36 rounds, Keegan Bradley, number one, Tita Green approach opportunities gain. Number two, proximity from 175 to 200. 17th, proximity 150 to 175. Putting, 134. Scrambling, 121. 
this just seems like it seems like this is a tough enough course that if he has to scramble, he and in this course forces it, he's in trouble. I get I get everything you're saying. I use him, I think, at API couple weeks ago, and he was he was very good. I uh, I just don't know if I can go there. At the sports book I go to, only seven guys have shorter odds than King and Bradley. Oh, boy. He's right there with Taylor Gooch and Cameron Tringali. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got the better pedigree for that. So. I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking at him, and I like him a lot. So I'm going to go Bradley. You're not. I'm not going Poulter, but he's not my fade. Before we get to that, who's your secondary play if you don't go Poulter or if you go both? Might be Doug Gamut, 8800. I mean, he's just again. I think the past two weeks he's been there going into Sunday. He's had a bad Sunday, but you know it's part of the learning curve for the, one of these youngsters. But sixth in Tita Green, sixth in approach, third in par four strokes gain over the past you know thirty six rounds, uh, above average in every single category. Eighty hundred does feel a little expensive for him. Maybe this is a flyer at sixty to one at the book that I that I have uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, but. He's playing well. I think he at least deserves to get a look. I like him. I'd love to start off with a big group at 8K so I could do him and Matt Wallace along with Keegan Bradley. But my number two, because I like Wallace and Gim right after my top two, uh, my number two, I'm going to go with Brennan Steele. He he loves this place. Why are you going to go away from him? 41st at the players, 18th at API, 43rd at Genesis. I mean, even like the way he's playing right now, by the way, 31st, 34th, 30th, 21st, uh, fourth. That, I mean, that's his finishes since the calendar year started. Hasn't missed a cut. Plays great here. Been playing good. This field doesn't touch the players. It's not even really close to the API where he finished 18th. Give me Brennan Steele all day long. I'll be betting him. He's 40 to one at my book. Uh, again, I get a bit. I, I don't get the best odds because I also uh, am able to do the either way with the top six. So right. I'm. I'm in on Brendan Steele. I, I think he's going to be in that top five again at the end of this year week. Maybe he's not, but man, he seems like top twenty is maybe not a lock, but feels really safe. So Steely's in there for me too. I have a forty-five to one. No, I mean, hey, in a week where we're, we're searching for things, good course history, especially at this place, makes sense. Um, Matt Wallace, I'm not sure he's a dra- uh, DraftKings play for me, but I can get him at sixty-six to one. That seems more likely for me to. I, I might throw it bet on him just for that reason he has a chance to get in the mix for me um he has a chance to get in the mix for me he's played here before or 20th two years ago yeah he's he's been decent and again like you know maybe it's a little bit overcooked but the narrative of you know guys coming from uh great britain playing in the windy crappy conditions around water and keeping it in play i don't know maybe i'm overstating that but matt wallace does fit that narrative which i'm is kind of why I like Shane Lowry in the 9Ks. I mean, he was 18th at API, and that's, that's, that played a little bit tougher, too. So, no, I I think Wallace, for me, is more of a bet than he is a DraftKings play. Okay. Who are you fading in this 8K tier? It's got to be Ricky. Um, I mean, the first time I ever hit a winner in one and done was when Ricky won here at Honda. He's had a good history, but it's just he's still not there for me yet. It's 122nd approach. 107th scrambling and 111th putting. Those are just not numbers I want to deal with here. I'm with you. He's my second to last play. I'm going Martin Keimer, and it's oh, a it's okay. just because I don't know. Like, here's the deal. At least if I'm going to go with a complete unknown and hope he gets lucky, 
I like Ricky, and I actually don't mind Martin Keimer. I, I heck, I took German in high school and college. Like I've been to Germany a couple of times. I, I like Martin Keimer, but I don't know what's going on. Can I take his 18th finish at the Saudi International a month ago, or his 44th at the Omega Dubai Classic in January, or his missed cut at the Abu Dhabi? I mean, those are his three tournaments I'm looking at. How much do they correlate over here? I don't know what I'm getting from Martin Keimer, so I'm just not going to use him. He does have a fourth here in the past. And I know. He's, he's also sitting, was world number one in the past, but he is not that golfer anymore. He's sitting at 70 to one, though, in this field. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, Maybe there's flyers on him and Wallace. Like, Okay, that's fair. I won't play Keimer just because I don't know what I'm getting. Maybe that's a reason to. I don't know. Plus well, the fact that at 8,400, I love Bradley, so I'm going to go there more often right. than not. No, everything you say is fair, but it's just like, are we really paying $900 more for Taylor Gooch and Martin Keimer? Like, that just, I get the form, but at some point it just, you almost look at this like, okay, sometimes we just get, we, we kind of discount the Euros or we or we overly um, promotes the, the PGA Tour guy who's playing really well. Like, I'm just trying to think of an overall perspective. Am I really, what is Taylor Gooch right now uh, odds-wise? He is... 35 he's up there. One. Yeah, he's ahead of Keimer. Like, is, is Taylor Gooch really winning this every time, you know, twice or, twice, or is he twice as likely to win this as Martin Keimer? Like, I can get double the odds on Keimer at 70 to 1. Like, I think I'd rather take that. I get you. I get the return on investment. Um, I just don't know what to make of Martin Keimer right now. And, and, and I think that's completely fair. Shall we take it to the 7Ks? Yes. All right, won't list them all. There's a uh, well. There's a list of names here. I'm not going to tell you there's a great list, but there's actually some names in here that I'm very excited to pay seven seven k something for. So I'll I'll start with you, Skeeter. You got a favorite in this group? Again, not necessarily a favorite. I have a bunch of guys that I like. Um, you know, maybe I'll just go back to Norlander. You know, who I don't I don't I don't know if he won top Swede last week, which. It, was not much because uh, Nord and Stenson were terrible, but um, yeah, he's he actually oh boy, actually never mind. As, as I start looking at his numbers, miscuts, thirty first miscuts. Um, yeah, he's been bad for the last month or so, I think. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Fine, I'll go to former John Deere Classic winner Ryan Moore, <laughs> who, who is starting to at least show a return to form a little bit. Uh, he ranks eighth in my model for the past thirty six rounds. First in that proximity from 175 to 200. 10th in bogey avoidance. 9th in opportunities gained. 14th tee to green. Uh, outside of putting, which has never been a Ryan Moore specialty, he's started, I mean, he's solid all the numbers. Lost three strokes on approach last week at, at the players. Still finished 35th. Was 26th at Pebble. You know, another, you know, maybe maybe a different type of course, but some similarities. I, I got gotcha. you. Classic courses, you know. You know, you can find yourself in trouble real quick, but has been consistently been game strokes and approach off the tee. Feels a little underpriced for this field at seventy three hundred. So you know what? Give me, give me some, uh, give me some Ryan Moore. So I'm kind of with you in that. I'm not going to tell you I have a favorite like yeah. uh, that stands out a big time above. I've got a handful of guys that I like. Um, I'm kind of hemming and hawing here between the two. I'm going to go Kevin Streelman as my favorite here. Okay, I have him. I'm starred. Not great course history, but makes the cut. 
besides the miscut at the players, where he was plus two. I mean, he was two off the number. He wasn't terrible. 52nd at Genesis. That same performance in this field probably gets him a top 25. 13th at Pebble Beach. I get it. He plays great there. 22nd at Waste Management. 37 at Farmers. So he had a really nice West Coast swing before we he got to the players. In this field at 7,700, Kevin Stroman is one of the guys that I, I definitely will get after. I don't know that I think he's going to win this tournament, but I think he could be a really nice, safe addition at 7,700 to a, to a lineup. No, I agree. I mean, this course is going to be volatile, so there's nothing wrong with finding some safety. If you do, Well, I shouldn't say if you don't, because I think you'll, you'll be going to a few different places. Uh, Ryan Moore wasn't the past John Deere Classic winner I thought you were going to, but that's okay, because I did write his name down, too. But where else would you go? Uh, Zach John. I'm assuming you thought I was going to go to Zach Johnson. Um, Gotta like him. He's playing decent. He's not. Uh, he's not shooting. He's not going top twenty. But again, in this field at that price, I, I do like Zach Johnson. Yes. I th- I'm pulling him up right now, but I think when I looked at, it, I mean, rates out rates out decently. Twenty second, my model, but fourth in putting, third par fours for four four fifty seventh proximity. But I feel like a lot of his recent success success has been. Very heavily putting, yeah. Uh, API six point one strokes gain putting. Player six point three strokes gain putting. Approach at API lost six strokes. Players lost four strokes. I just I tend to stay away from those guys that are so putter reliant that just aren't hitting their irons. Like that just scares me, especially a course where there's a bunch of water. You know, uh, I, done, I, I mean, get done you. The past two weeks, API and players with a bunch of water, so. Um, so that just scares me there. Other guys like... that I have starred, Brandon Wu at seven okay. okay, go ahead. No, go. I want you no, I want to ask you about him because I look at the like, you know, he's made eight of eleven cuts, and then I look at the cuts he's made, and I'm like, okay, he's dominating. Is this the kind of field a guy that I'm really not familiar with could win? Well, this is the kind of field where that could happen. So give me the Brandon Wu scoop, because I was gonna ask you about him if you didn't throw it out there. Uh what the corn Ferry Tour Championship last year was second in another Corn Ferry event. He was seventh at Puerto Rico. Like we've seen this guy pop before. Um, seventeenth at Houston. He's made. I mean, twenty twenty. He was thirty eighth at at the at Pebble. Was thirty fifth at the U.S. Open at Pebble. Like he, you know, didn't play terribly at at the twenty twenty U.S. Open. Uh, struggled a little bit with his irons, but I think he's got some form. I mean, you know, we've seen what Will Zalatoris has gone through. Brandon Wu, I don't think is terribly far away from Zalatoris. So. You know, seventh out of Puerto Rico open. Like, is this field really that much? I mean, yes, it's better not. than Puerto Rico, but it's not that significantly different. There's probably some win there. Like, I don't mind taking a flyer on him at 7,800. I can't tell you I know a ton about him or that there's anything stat wise, but he just feels like another one of those youngsters that, hey, he's Luke got a top 10 on the tour this year. Why not throw a flyer on him? Uh, anybody else of note? You want me to throw you a couple? I'll throw a couple more. Uh, James Hahn rates out really well. Fourth and par four strokes game, 27 to green. He seems like he's starting to find a little bit of form. I mean, Matthew Neesmith, again, just he's always going to hit the approach numbers. Can't make a putt. And then you mentioned a name down below. You didn't like him. I like him a little bit here. 7K for Ches Reavy. Fourth in approach, sixth opportunities gained, tenth tee to green, fifth in approximately from 150-175. Another one of those team no putts. But, you know, I'll take a decent... I'll take I'll take Reggie at a discount over Keegan here. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Give me, uh, give me your thoughts on like Russ Knox, Mackenzie Hughes, who have had some good showings here before yeah. at seventy nine, seventy eight. I looked at Knox because remember when we playing him in like uh, American Express and Pebble, and then he's just kind of he's almost on that downward trend, the bell curve, as you mentioned earlier. Because I looked at him, he rates out really well and good win player, but I just can't go there. And then cool, Mackenzie Hughes just. He's all scrambling and putting right now. His approach, his tee to green, not very good. So unless he's draining 65-footers like he did last year, I don't want to go back there. Adam Hadwin got his mojo back last week after a bad showing at the API. Man, you, what has Adam Hadwin become your guy? I mean, I'm a fan of all Canadians. Let's be serious. I mean, where's Graham Deletta? That's that's the Canadian I want back. Yeah, that's um, a French-Canadian name, though. Even Canadians don't like French Canadians. It's I, true. I mean, I, I don't have an argument for you there. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, just give me Corey Connors. I'll take him as my Canadian. Um, I, I get it. Probably no better, interest. You know, I, I, not for me, but I'm, I'm not going to talk you off of him. Michael Thompson. I need to look at him more because he popped out a little, a little bit too. Former winner here. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, in this field, I, I would not be surprised to see him at 75K be, or 7,500 rather, be a top 20. Yeah, yeah. I, get, I mean, it's just, I, I finally did pull up ownership. Outside of Streelman, maybe Ryan Moore, and maybe Ches Ravy, nobody's jumping out at 7K. So if you like somebody, there's, there's ample reason to go there. So, like, for example, Roy Sabatini or Harry Higgs, because I like them, I should go there. Absolutely. I mean, okay. I mean, I mean, you always got to play the top Slovakian. I will throw one more name at you because I'm thinking about removing him from the band list. Seven K even Lucas Glover. Really good history here. Um, 20th T to green the past 36 rounds. What is Lucas Glover? Uh, 48th last week. I didn't even know he was at the players level and finishing 48th. Um, and I certainly didn't use him. I mean, he's making cuts and only two missed cuts this year. I, I mean, I'm, I think of worse reasons to play Lucas Glover. You know, I think I'm going to take him off the band list. I don't know if I'm going to play him in multiple lineups, but I'll play him in one. Uh, anything else in seven K uh, on the positive side you want to hit? I don't think so. All right, and Doc Redman out. If you're already not seeing that as one of the, in the seven K range, do you have a fade for me? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with the fate of a former champion here from two years ago, Keith Mitchell. Um, just not good form, and even even he he his win was surrounded by missed cuts. So, I mean, I like to play Killer Keith, but just not not now. I think I'm fading Phil Mickelson coming off the players T35, great performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this I, this, this does not seem like a Phil course. I just, yeah, I worry about Phil getting out of position. Um, you know, it's been a while since he's played here, so to look at course history probably isn't fair because 2016 Phil was a way different animal than 2021 Phil. Um, although I like the current version of Phil quite a lot as an entertainer. Uh, I just can't play Phil right now. Like, I'm not going to, and even off of a good finish where maybe some people get sucked in, I just can't turn to Phil, who I could definitely see take some big numbers on some holes out there. Yeah, yeah. Too much water for me while I play Phil. Yeah, yep. Uh, shall we take it to 6K? Yep. 
Not a ton of names I'm going to tell you that stand out to me, but there's a few favorites and a few flyers. Do you have anybody standing out before I uh, before I give you some of my usual suspects? Um, I mean, I liked one guy until I saw he's going to be like 15% owned, which I never take a 6K guy. And, well, I don't need to give you a reason to fade Jim Furyk. So, sure um, don't. You know, through Pittsburgh Connection. You know, Wesley Bryan... 6,800. He's fifth in approach over the past 36 rounds. Really good those proximities from 150 to 200. Pretty good par four strokes game. Kind of average putting and scrambling and even tee to green. I don't know. He's just a name that all every time I see him pop up, I kind of like. 32nd at Sony, 43rd at Genesis. So he's made cuts both times he's played this year. You know, may, you know Sony's kind of on the ocean a little bit. You know, this I think is going to have some wind and on the water. So. I don't hate him at 6,800. Um, probably, I guess, my quote-unquote favorite play. <laughs> I don't know that I have a favorite play, but, you know, maybe I do. Let's just be stupid here. I'm going to go with Safari Charles, Charles Schwartzel. Okay. He's not he, – he missed the cut at the players at plus eight. was ugly. API plus six, not great. He's got a pretty good course history here. Um, I truthfully don't really like anybody in 6K – uh, I mean, I could go chalky 6,900 John, huh? Who I kind of like, uh, but I'll give you shorts. One here before. And, uh, and like, I just really don't like anybody in 6k. Well, John, huh? Give me 6% old. So I'm not sure that's okay. Yeah, that interests me. I mean, the truth is I wrote down, huh? I wrote down hoagie. Uh, Steve Stricker is actually one I'm interested in too. Um, and then, you know, I'm going deep for Ryan armor for, for Jim Herman. Absolutely. And as I said to you before, so so real deal, um, I do think that Jim Herman is one of those very opportunistic guys. I mean, you look at what he's done, and you know he misses cuts, he misses cuts, and then all of a sudden when he strikes, he strikes, he strikes hard, he gets the win. I'm not calling a Jim Herman win. I'm using Jim Herman. I do anyway every week. I'm using him this week. This is one of those terminators where or tournaments where I think the Herminator could strike. Um, maybe I'm fluffing my own pillow here a little bit, but you know, I'm a fan, but this is one of those fields where I could see him saying, take advantage while you can. And, you know, get yourself back to the tournament of champions for a third straight year. No, well, I mean, everything, in, everything in, you say makes sense. Cause is, I mean, he won a Barbasol alternate field events, um, mm-hmm. Wyndham, not alternate field, but not as strong as everybody sits there for the playoffs. This kind of has a feel like that. So no, I get it. Any other six K names you like? Yeah, I have a couple. Uh, Peter Belnati, of course, who I've been on all year, feels like. Um, He's killing me lately. I'm not saying I'm going to end up there, but at least he at least gives me a reason to look at him. Good par four uh, player, so I'll take a look there. And then what, digging a little bit deeper, actually, decent course history. Um, let me see, what is this course, his course history? Oh, okay, not decent, but he's made uh, six of his seven cuts, or no, I can't count, five of his six cuts since 2013. Uh, made a, made, uh, missed a cut last week, but uh, before that, 30th at AT&T, 36th at Phoenix, 6,500 Scott Stallings, uh, seventh in approach, ninth in bogey avoidance, 26th in scrambling. I like those numbers. That's a cheap price that maybe allows me to fit in some of these, you know, multiple 9K guys or do a burger and... 9k combination anything else before we get to a fade nope i don't have anything all right i'm not gonna play him i might just because i'm stupid and i really hope he does well qualifier on monday eric compton like that'd be a killer story so i I might throw him in a lineup because i'm an idiot but at 6200 it's probably stupid 
not sure that's the worst play you can make. Um, really? I just I just love those kind of stories. Uh, what is it? Two heart surgeries or something he's had? Oh, is that? Oh, really? Oh, well then, absolutely. No, that's that's worth it. Um, my fade will be Alan Morin, who apparently I don't know what he does, but apparently he plays the Honda often. Granny usually missing the cuts. Um, it was 74th in 2008, 7th in 2007, but it makes random appearances here or there, so I don't know. He must have some sort of connection that allows him to play here. I don't know what it is, but, um, yeah, we'll fade him. I am I'm giving you a real fade here. I'm giving you a major champion to fade here. Ooh, you probably fade a couple, but I'm fading Henrik Stenson. Yes. Come on. Yes. 6,700. He has a terrible course history. He's been playing terrible. I give him a little bit of credit for playing round two after firing of the players after firing that delicious 85 on Thursday. Um, unfortunately, some people withdrew. So, you know, his name st- stood out at the bottom of the field because uh, I think uh, Kevin Na fired an 80 and withdrew to take his name out of the list. But Stenson, I can't do it right now. Uh, not the only major champion at 6,700. Jay uh, Stuffer's there, too, but uh, I will fade Stenson. I think, doesn't Duffner have a decent history here, too? I think so, but yeah, Duffner, yeah, I think like his days are cuts, gone. But, and, yeah, I can't play Duffner. Um, you know, Padre Harrington, major champion down here. Would you dare? Would you dare? Because I gave it some thought. He's, like, crazy cheap, right? 6,300 or something? Padre? Yeah, where's he at? 68. 68, Okay. Didn't Would you play? dare? No, I'm not, but didn't he play well over in Europe at some point this year? I feel like he did. I feel like he had like a second somewhere or top ten. Let me see if I can pull this. Sixth up. at the Omega Dubai that's, Desert Classic. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Late of. January. I mean, 31st at API, 58th at Puerto Rico. I mean, if you want to play your Shane Lowry Northern Ireland Ireland combination, we can go Padraig for the St. Patrick's Day combination. We'll see. I might be dumb enough to waste three dollars on that. <laughs> and by the way, Scott Pierce, another one of the COVID uh, COVID positives who's out, so he's yeah, he was the third. This is like the most uh, COVID uh, <sighs> withdrawals we've had this like this since they started again. I think. Yeah, boy, I hope I hope this is another trend because is there like more variants out there? And well, we know Florida has been fairly open the whole time, so you know, you wonder if any of that plays into effect, or if this is just pure coincidence. Because well, it's COVID, and well, good luck trying to predict how this thing goes. Yeah, who knows? Uh, not going to play Kepka at sixty one hundred, huh? No, no, I prefer my Kepkas to be Brooks, not Chases. <laughs> that's fine. that's fair. That's fair. Um, I guess we pretty much hit everything for the DraftKings perspective. Uh, anything else in the DFS world you want to discuss here? I don't have anything. All right, one and done. I think it's interesting because I've already used Daniel Berger. He seems like the obvious pick here uh, if you've got him available. Is that fair to say? Yes, I think so. Um, I think I, re- I think I used Berger. I used him when he won, so I'm certainly not going to be upset. Uh, that doesn't change the fact that I could use him right now considering I've had a miscut and a barely got paid Dustin Johnson two weeks in a row. So I'm, I've tumbled, I've tumbled about 700 spots in the standings. <laughs> well, I can't tumble 700 spots in the standings because, well, there's not, not, not that many standings. I'm, <laughs> three, I'm aware. 3,020th out of 3,300 entries. Like I'm just, Oh gosh, this has been a disaster. So 
if you're if you're you though, and you are you, um, I don't I don't mean to scare you with that kind of uh, uh, crazy talk, but you are you. And if you were you in this kind of situation, is it time to get crazy? Given the fact that we still have a ton of golf left to play, four majors still left to play. Like a lot of people just took a big jump if they picked JT, which is a good pick, uh, and they got two mil from him. So the standings took a giant shift. Is it is it early enough to freak out in a in a spot where you're at? Um, I mean, I don't know why you're taking one and done advice from me right now, but, um, <laughs> you love it, by the way. Because that's what we do on this show. Right. I mean, I mean, because you and I both understand that, you know, we're doing our best, but some of us is just luck or just bad timing. And you know what? It's just, these things happen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking about getting crazy and, you know, maybe my crazy is 7,300 Ryan Moore. Just because that, I mean, you can guarantee that's going to be an under one percent ownership, right? Like this is just such a weird tournament. And I, you know, I think you have to take calculated risks. Like maybe Shane Lowry actually makes some sense too. Um, okay, so right now my short list is Lowry because I've already used uh, Burger, and I don't think I want to use M. It's Lowry, it's Bradley, and it's Steele. That's my short list for yeah. one of them this week. I mean, Lee Westwood, star studded. Lee Westwood might get some attention. I actually know yeah. he's actually not highly owned right now on Tuesday night. So I don't. People are just expecting him just to kind of fade away. But yeah, um, I'm thinking about Ryan Moore potential. I mean, okay, he's got at least some class and pedigree, and if people aren't really going to be on him. I I wouldn't be shocked though if I change the Lee Westwood just because you know I'm a Lee Westwood guy, and if people are not really on him, maybe this is the perfect time to kind of. Find out, find that top ten, you know, highly priced player that no, that people aren't on as much, thinking there's no way he's going to do this for a third week in a row. So, and at this point, what do I have to lose? I might as well if I use, I, th- I think I used Westwood here last year, so maybe I should just go back and see if I can find those vibes again or jinx him to miss the cut. Yeah. Uh, well, let me let me uh, let me tell you how much my shares of Westwood are before we uh, before we let you jinx him or not. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, though. I think uh, I think there's a couple of names I'm in, and I'm not going to get too crazy. Um, if you go Ryan Moore, I wish you all the best. I tried that Ryan Moore stuff about a month ago, and um, like Punch's Pilot, I've washed my hands of that. Wow. Oh, man. My mom paid for a lot of Catholic school throughout the years. It is Lent and Easter season, so there you go. No, I, I get it, but man, that is right before, yeah, during Lent, throw that reference. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. I'm impressed. Well, thank you. Maybe we should call it a day after that. You got anything else to talk about for the Honda Classic? I do not. I don't think I do either. I enjoy this tournament. I saw some chatter on Twitter of people saying this is one of the worst stops on tour. I like this tournament. This is actually one of the ones on the short list of uh, trips for me to make simply because it just syncs up with proximity, uh, vacation weather time, and my work stuff. But I'm looking forward to this Honda Classic, maybe more so than others. Even without the field, I like this course, so I'm looking forward to it, dude. Yeah, maybe on Sunday you can play some uh, Honda, or, or I guess throughout the weekend, play some Honda NCAA tournament doubles. I probably won't because I've watched zero uh, men's basketball this year, um, so... I would. I'm going to fill out a bracket based on colors and mascots and see if I can't win. 
Well, I mean, if I'm I'm in Illinois. If I could, you know, if I could, I'd put, put together some Illinois or some Loyola doubles with PGA Tour, or even in a women's game, one of my alma maters, Bradley, made it. So, you know, I would love to throw a Bradley. There you go. I wish I could play the key in Bradley Bradley University women's game double, but um, I can't do that in Illinois because they don't. We can't. We can bet college. We just can't bet on in-state college games. Let me see when I get to Indiana if I can make that bet. At least make a dollar <laughs> parlay because I already told you I like Keegan. So, uh, I I'm willing to waste three dollars on a Jim Herman lineup. I could certainly waste a dollar on that parlay. And hey, the Bradley women are 11 seeds, so it's not like they're you know a 15 seed or anything like that. So they got a chance. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, as long as they're not playing DePaul, because that's the team my cousin plays for. No, uh, uh, no, they're playing Texas. Hook them. Okay, I can I can go against the Longhorns. That's that's not a problem. Um, well, all right, Skeeter. Uh, good luck this week, and I think at this point we'll, we'll put a bow on it. Yep. So, yep. Uh, sounds good. All right. Well, good luck to you. Good luck to everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will be back to do it again next week, hopefully. This has been James Adams along with Skeeter Robinson. You're listening to the My Fantasy Fix Fantastics DFS Golf Podcast.